Okay, so welcome to the podcast. This is Centered Subject. Um, and I'm Yelena. I'm in Los Angeles, the city of angels, but a bit clouded today. Can't see any angels. I'm Jenny. I live in New York City, the city of ghosts. <laughs> ghosts and ghosts and apartments. Well, if anything, I would think that LA is more ghostly, but I, I think we covered that already. <laughs> Did we? Did we talk in about another LA? episode? We mentioned the the empty streets. Okay, so um, we're talking about scams today. Yeah, we were and, thinking about scams. And I can't stop typing the word scam or saying the word scam. It's a really fun, gross word to say. It's it a is. good way to deal with the Trump presidency. You just keep talking about the scamification of the American, the American, uh, I don't know, culture. Scamification of the American economy i don't know feels good yeah feels true he's, he's a good he's a good scammer for sure um i i i recently came across a bank of donald j trump for president ads on facebook and instagram mm -hmm. and they i will post the link in the description of our episode but it's quite a fantastic journey if you'd like to scroll through it there's um implode he implodes you and there's a sense of i think that the way it's so passionate the way these calls to actions is cta marketing speak um mm. work and that it just it cannot not seem like a scam you know when someone is right. that yeah. that eager somehow right. i just he's just a snake sales and it just reminds me of someone just standing in the market corner and know. you know screaming i know potion potion let me see what he's getting it's just a for instance, um, potion, potion, scam, potion, potion, scam, scam, yeah. scam, potion. Let me be clear, Dot, since the day I took my famous escalator ride <laughs> in 2015 <laughs> to announce my presidential campaign, the Democrat harassment, fake news attack, and blatant lies have never been about me. Dot, dot, dot. Break. Their target has always been you. What? Dot. Me? Yeah. And. Then wow. he has this excellent, and then what? And then he has this little um, video that you can press play, and it's a little image which has an infinity um, loop. It's it's sort of an infinite loop of a wallet being open, a brown wallet um, <laughs> into which a card that that glimmers and is a royal blue. It slides into your wallet, and um, the text in bold is: "President Trump wants you to be an executive member." Get your card today. Contribute now. Wow. And, um, and the card just slides and slides. It's sort of like it appears and it slides in. And then, you know, it's a again, appears, slides in. It's kind it's of, a, it's a gift. Yeah. I will, um, I will again post this for the dear listeners, for everyone to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and then another ad is, uh, is his hat. Buy it now. Um, contribute now to activate your official offer no, no offer but basically so they're just these really um um he just has so many of them because every ad is you know they um i i think they're pretty good his um his marketers are pretty good and they probably tailor it you know they just it ta it's tailored to a slightly different audience so there's like a little um first ten thousand donations receive a personalized membership card 
Mm. It just he sounds like he really sounds like a hotel. I think he's just really employing yeah. <laughs> the hotel I tactics, the benefit card. Yeah, come, and all the people <laughs> come stay in my mind. Come, come with me to this terrifying suite of gold. <laughs> they want to go. Uh, they want to go. Gold. They're, gold. They May your turd be gold in your toilet. They want to check in. They want to check into his they mind. Want to check in. Check in early. Ding ding. We're here. Gong gong. Contribute to the movement. We're here to be in your mind. Oh, oh. it's so comfortable. I'm rich now. I'm rich. Yeah. Okay. Just one more, just because I want to, and I really enjoy reading it. Since you've been an important part of our movement, I wanted to give you this exclusive opportunity to Ooh. become one of our first 10,000 official 2019 Trump executive members. Those members were in caps to receive caps. Personalized membership card. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. Well, I'm oh. sorry. I'm sorry if everyone has been converted and became a Trumpist now and is going to buy the card. No, I'm really sorry. we're all. This really was not paid for by Trump for president. I'm now. This I'm is just skeptical. an involuntary ad. I do apologize. This is are not you, infiltration. Are you <laughs> sure? I'm gonna. I don't know. I don't know. I'm the a, card may have slid into my mind. I'm a warrior. You better watch out. <laughs> So sorry. My but yeah. But my, okay, let, the let's hair just, on wait, the back no. of my neck just stood up. At the, it your, just stood up a little bit. Oh, yeah, I got okay. I got in my defense pose. Oh, yeah, my arms are crossed. I'm ready to get you. But you know, crossing the arms, I think, just means that you're not open to communication. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't want to communicate. <laughs> the with, body language. I don't want to communicate with that mind. I don't want into the mind. Oh. I feel like I'm afraid the mind's going to suck me in or force me to live in its hotel and i don't want to do that that's what it he is. also like runs he he runs like approximately like 20 ads per day it looks like which is like you know and they run over a period of time but yeah ads ads that shape our minds um the I only thing so i many. wish why do i wish this but i think a cool product i'm i don't believe in people eating steaks but i do think it's funny that he used to sell steaks and I wish that he still sold food products that had his name on it and people like eat stuff with his name on it. I think that'd be oh, weird. Like the fact that, that they're, it's like passing into their body. He bodies. had snacks? He had steaks. He used to sell steaks. <gasps> steaks. Oh. Yeah. And it failed. Like it was one of his failed. Oh my gosh. I hope that they, were, they were cut from his body and they, but he was regenerating. Ooh, and you know, good. every day they would like cut a slice, but then it would grow yes. back in the morning. Magical so I have a trunk. quote that I would like to read that is suitably um, trippy because this is a little, this is a lot. So um, just to get us into the scam mindset a bit, but I, I just when we started talking about scams, I started thinking about Umberto Eco travels in hyper reality, which was really important to me when you and me started making puppet shows. Um, a long time ago, um, because of this idea of the hyper real and um, Amer so the idea of the hyper real is that America is a made up country like it never since it was like a colonial project, everybody, all of the colonists, it's like definitely written from the white colonist perspective, what I'm saying. And of course, we genocided to get here. So I don't want to like say that that's more important than the fact that we genocided. But anyway, mm. once once not yes. any. Yeah, so I'm trying not to be a horrible person. So the uh 
but once they arrived that it was a it was a it was a project in self-creation and there was no such right. thing as america so well, it was it was the first they stamp, conveniently basically. annihilated all the people that lived previously right. and started right and had a really had really you know there were there were thousands of languages that were spoken um mm. in america and lots of interchanges of culture like apparently there was a lot people use sign language to communicate because there were so many languages and people didn't understand each other but there were like 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 they used a, a form of sign mm. to communicate among indigenous people um so um so westerners showed up and the scam began so like that's kind of how i want to i see it mm. that that yeah. that are very the very nature of what america is is like this you know culture created on death that was then uh an interpretation of european culture but sort of in a trumpy kind of way like created out of nothing and created just to make money and or to protect the money that already existed and then to sell itself to people to come there um, or to be a place where they would, you know, take all the really poor people that nobody wanted in Europe and dump them in America and then talk them into this new scam of this country. Mm. So, so the hyper real is actually just like really fun to think about. So like, because of this origin, you know, Americanness being a made up thing, um, we love to make fake environments and amusement parks <laughs> and wax museums and films. And we love to live and in the, that is, the yeah. made up. Yeah. Yeah, the outdoor mall. Going to the outdoor but, oh malls like we're the not outdoor mall. Yeah. We're obsessed more with ourselves as or, or we're obsessed more with our own scam machine than we are in the experiencing of the real. But because we're human, we're uncomfortable with this schism between the hyper real and the real. Um and this book was written before the internet. Um, or maybe mm. at the very beginning. So I've gone back and looked at it just a little bit for this podcast and I'm like, wow. The internet took this obsession with the hyper real yeah. and put it into overdrive. And now you have an entire generation of people who grew up in the hyper real, in the internet, but also having mm -hmm. this sense of like disconnect and disappointment with the hyper real. So anyway, so that's an introduction of that's Alberto Echo travels in the hyper real. But um, I'm going to read a thing about Superman because I think it's cool. Um, yeah. All right. Here we go. But the United States is also the home of Superman, the superhuman comic strip hero who has been in existence since 1938. Every now and then, Superman feels a need to be alone with his memories. He flies off to an inaccessible mountain range where, in the heart of the rock, protected by a huge steel door, is the Fortress of Solitude. Here, Superman mm -hmm. keeps his robots, completely faithful copies of himself, miracles of electronic technology, which from time to time he sends out into the world to fulfill a pardonable desire for ubiquity. Oh right? <laughs> what? Wow. And the, and the robots are incredible because they're like resemblance. Like a nuclear McDonald's. Sorry. <laughs> well, and the robots are incredible because their resemblance to reality is absolute. They're not mechanical men, all cogs and beeps, but perfect copies of human beings with skin, voice movements, voice, comma, movements, and the ability to make decisions. For Superman, the fortress is a museum of memories. Everything that has happened in his adventurous life is recorded here in perfect copies, um, the internet, or preserved in a miniaturized form of the original. Thus, he keeps the city of Kandor, a survival from the destruction of the planet Krypton under a glass bell of the sort of familiar form as your great aunt's Victorian parlor. 
All right. So I'll leave it there. This is a great book. Mm. Um, yeah. But when I was reading that, I was just like, okay, um, who is Superman? And he's on Instagram. He's and- selfie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I just he started thinking about- He is the selfie stick. Right. <laughs> But then I was like, yeah, I got really into like, who's Clark Kent? Who's Superman? Who are we? Like, what is, you know? And so I just thought that was a nice parable as a way of talking about scam yeah. and the hyper real. Yeah. Well, Los Angeles is all about scam, you know, simulacrum central. Yeah, really. <laughs> Come to LA for your simulacrum. Yeah. I mean, New York, New York too, but in a different way. Um, there's so much but- humanity and building and poverty and and wealth that it, you 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 want to create a fantasy of life here but you it, the city itself doesn't really let you you get pulled back down to earth so readily you know the car really i think maybe in la lets you zoom around and in, in your ideas a little more where here someone falls asleep on you on the train pretty often <laughs> so mm. it's it's hard to you know idealize yourself too much but i i I do know some people who succeed pretty pretty well at that yeah i mean we i think there are a lot of people that do that quite well and are very good at presenting presenting a facade um you know kind of a super facade and we're encouraged to do that because we're encouraged to um exhibit success um and success and sort of um harmony maybe with a um, kind of a more at least on instagram i feel like that that that's maybe like a thing of a past but for a long time it was present and now you're supposed to be real you're supposed to channel your realness but of course you know that real is i think that's the very essence also of the hype real because it's not obviously right it's just staged and and just the idea of the it's the idea of the unstaged um you're supposed to present but successfully right so i think well everyone's a television everyone's a television uh a television station you know and yeah even if i mean in a way i kind of like it because like as everybody started to make stories more i'm seeing more boring stories and i love right that's that seems like the respite for where where the unstaged goes for now at least i mean they get people that are are good at finding the crevices right but i mean it's it's kind of fun and in a nice way to be like oh you're a really fascinating person like i saw a poetry reading recently and like i now follow some of the poets and it's really interesting because like they are amazing poets these two people and the way that they spoke about their lives and you know just made art it was just astounding and watching them read it was one really beautiful experience but then you know they're terrible on the internet they're just terrible at it and I loved mm. it. I love that them yeah. being terrible at the internet it's is amazing true. at reading these poems. There's something, there's some certain things that are like very terrible on the internet. For instance, I noticed with um, people, some people, I think older, well, actually, no, I saw one person who was not older, but when they do an Instagram caption, for instance, and then they're assigned their name or... Or they put a little, you know, just something like that, like yeah. which takes takes another epistolary tradition, um, tradition right. into right. into this one. Or on Twitter, it's when you sign your name. Um, so you're not supposed to sign your name. Okay, no, that wasn't me, but it could have been. <laughs> I lo- I like the I like the democratization of all the platforms. I do like that. I like it starting with really young people, like. 13 year olds and then it goes to like you know the 25 year old you know the the market that the capitalist companies are really like trying to get 
to like their, yeah. their platforms and then it goes to everyone else and then it becomes not cool anymore. I kind of like the, the moment when everybody who doesn't know how to use it starts to use it because it starts to really show it's, I don't know. It, it loses oh, yeah, its sheen. Yeah. It There's loses a kind of power. diversity. Yeah. And when people don't know what the conduct is, you know, because you have to sort of know yeah. cultural codes of different places right. that you right. inhabit. And then you, you know, you just get people that interpret it differently, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, on it's one interesting level, to observe it. But of you, course, you rarely observe it because you probably just, you know, um, the, the algorithm only provides right. people that it, it deems that are similar to you. Like, it's just right. really operates on like homophily, homophily. Right. I don't know how to Well, finish. I mean, there's like the, there, there, I like have the differentiation. Like you'll have certain people who are really successful or really just great at Instagram or whatever. And then you'll, I'll see them a lot and be like, wow, that was a really good thing. They're really a good, you know, artists are good at making fucking Instagram posts. But the, and then, but then you'll see like an ad or something, something that is actually too good or too, mm-hmm. I mean, as too usually, seamless, ads too are fluid. usually pretty shitty and you can tell what it is. Yeah. But there's something like, <laughs> Whoa, this is, this is really too good. And then you feel gross again. So, and then, mm-hmm. and then there's like people who don't know how to use it at all. And that, I like that because it makes me kind of question my own engagement with the media and like trust it makes me not trust it it makes it understand the limitations of what it is and what it isn't and then i have my life back for a second you know just if it's too good or too bad then i'm then it's it's okay um Mm. and then you know there's those nice in between moments or like my friends that i think are lovely people that make really interesting stuff and i like or i just care about people and i you know care about their lives because you know i'm connecting with them but I yeah, don't people know. are still. I just keep thinking about how lonely people are and how all the yeah, ways in which they present and and share their likeness and the objects right. around them. I know. But, I still, yeah. It just, it's it's just a filler for this kind of lonely desire to connect. And agreed. I still yeah. want to go to that that poetry reading. I want to do more stuff like that. And I think that's like my goal this summer to just see yeah, as much live cool. performance of different stuff. Because it was so beautiful. I mean, like there were trains, you know, trains moving above uh, us and we could hear them as the poet was reading. The train would go through yeah. them reading and then a rainstorm came through and it's, left. It's, it's very classic. Yes. I mean, there were just so many different. The romantic beautiful... poetic classic that you're describing. I am for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it was and it was embodied and it was in the room and, and it was like living like, art, you know. Just like the first physical membership card. Stop it! Stop that! <laughs> for, for loyal supporters only, get the first physical membership card since 2017. You're, you're the one thing, but the one thing that keeps our movement alive is our members. I need you on my side to I fight need, back against the lies and attacks. You have, to, you have to stop. I'm sorry. Have to shut I think down. even see I'm how he understands. How he understands the the lon- loneliness, um, you know, That's he unites people. He's talking about movement, and he's talking mm. about members, our members, us, right, us joiner. versus them. Yeah, yeah, and and we we're joined by this physical totem, the card. Mm. Well, and also totem of him. Totem yeah. of him. Well, it's I mean, a everybody. Slice we all know a little this plastic steak. About- uh, we all know that he's like a narcissist, right? So then it's like, actually, like in the whole psychology of the narcissist is the hyper real is is very 
the yeah. scam is a big deal. Like they believe their own sense of self as being this like hard edged object, like the membership card. Oh. But then their their deep true self is actually this really? quivering little three year old that's like very self hating. But it's protected by like Superman and Clark. But it's like you like, think imagine- you're a stone, but you're a Jello. Yes, yes, that's actually true. <laughs> um, or like Clark Kent is if Clark. Uh, no, Clark Kent is like really gross and sad and then like superman is a dick like that's like kind of how totally yeah that's the narcissist dynamic and so he's spending all this time or any narcissist and i'm sure everybody's met at least one is spending all this time to like quiet down and shut up the 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 sad one and to make Mm. sure everybody's pointing and looking at the the really great one um they're all pointing yeah so that's the membership you want to buy membership to for sure to the idealized, to the scam self. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable with this whole, I I mean, I'm a person who really believes in the authentic my whole life and ever since I was like a kid. And so I'm, but I also like art and and being friends. I really don't understand the, I think I really don't understand the idea of authentic. um, I know. What? (laughs) I know, I've always had friends who talk to me Without friendship is the struggle. I know you're not the first person I've met. Like it's like, fine. What do you say? <laughs> what do you mean there's? Oh, I just don't think. I just don't know. I just, everything is authentic, you know. Everything and nothing. It's just mm. I think that just does not appear as well as a problem to me. That I, hmm. Well, it is a My philosophical f- problem, of course, of course, yes. But it's the not, opposite of what scam the one. is. I mean, yeah. you know, it's trust. Mm. It's authentic. It's like you, you feel like. It's you check in with your body. Do you trust this person? It's an, it's, you have to, I guess it can happen online or, you know, without your body, but like, do you think this is real? Yes. I think this is real. There's like a moment of checking. You could easily be delusional. You could have an authentic delusion, I suppose, but like, you'd have to be psychotic, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't, I mean, and I think the more you get wasted or, you know, you're on acid or something like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you are questioning this very, very like existential, like super existential, but it's like, you know, how much is our lived experience authentic anyway? But I do think it is. I mean, I think we all have a sense of like, that person's lying to me and that person's not, you know, I think that that's, yeah. I also got criticized one time for like, liking things that are quote unquote sincere. That was somebody's, they were like, oh, mm-hmm. that's so sincere. And I was like, how is sincere? And I kind of get it now, but I remember it's being true. like, ah, how dare you? I, I've, only, I've only recently come to, I think I actually didn't have a huge problem with lying, oddly, um, ever in my life, because I just um, somehow a white lie maybe didn't seem like a terrible thing to me you know mm-hmm. you know say you had plans with someone and then you just didn't right. feel like it like oh right. i had cramps which sorry if i'd done that to anyone that listening but oh um, you know, you've done it to me something of that i'm probably but you know or just things like you know you just We've sort all of done the, it. Dog, the, the you know the the russian hackers like kidnapped my homework you know something you know all those things <laughs> i wish you would lie to me like that I, I invite you to lie to me like that. But I didn't, 
I didn't think it was a problem. And, you know, it's odd because my mom, to her, to say that something that he's a liar or she's a liar, they lie. To her, it's pretty much the worst insult, you know, because I think she also really believes in authenticity. But recently, yeah. I've really come to realize that um, I was in a relationship with someone who lied frequently, but not... I think it was very much like a sort of a white lie or not wanting to confront something. And mm -hmm. so lied in that to way. To protect. Like lied it. to protect, yeah. yes. And I think that was really the only... And right. I think after after that, I realized that there is... I guess <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good thing for anyone, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, like, like skimming. But at the same time, whenever I hear about Anna Delvey, um, you know, the socialite yeah. who scammed everyone and is in jail also of Russian origins. Her father's a truck driver. She's born in, near Moscow. And, um, you know, she lied to everyone. And I, But I just, you know, I think I guess many people as well are not horrified, but rather you're sort of just amused. And they just completely understand her, you know, an immigrant trying to succeed, not having yeah. resources. Everyone's performing, um, yeah. you know, a beautiful life. And it just seems like, where, where is that, you know, where is that mm, border or between right. the really living it or pretending that you're living it so especially mm -hmm. if you get a better life from it and you're successful and like right. you know you're impoverished first and you don't have opportunity and all of a sudden because the systems are yeah. kind of rigged in a certain way then all of a sudden you have opportunity um yeah. when you were talking about just like interpersonal lying um i was looking for this book that i have called lying that my friend gave me uh, uh, like five years ago and it's wonderful and I don't have it. I'm par I used to lend it out to everybody. So, um, not because <laughs> I wanted them to stop lying, stop lying to me. No. Um, it's I lost it. I lost your book. I lost it. The hackers <laughs> ate it. My dog ate it. My hamster. Stop lying my about my book. Died from lying about you it. You didn't read it. I can tell. Um, no, so what's great about the book is not that it, makes shames you into stopping lying but it just it goes it's like a meditation on what lying <laughs> is what it isn't and and um lies Here. that are Here. lies that are used lies that are good and lies that are bad and and what what truth is between people and particularly like in a relationship though it's more yeah. it's like a kind of a spiritual book but the what i took away from it that really changed me and gave mm -hmm. me peace around this issue because i had been lying in a situation and I felt, and then I hurt someone and I hurt and I felt really bad about it. And I felt like completely, a liar? I was a liar and I was branded because my mother also is a very, you know, deeply she's stealing is a bigger thing that she was really into. And so like, that was, you know, very much part of my childhood and like taught what, what morality is. And I think that, you know, she's a very, like kind of like you're saying like she's a very upstanding person and and it's real for her you know and so so yeah i was going through this time when i felt terrible and um i got this book and so one of the things that really changed me about it was like the idea that a lie is a lie exists when uh kind of like you were saying to protect someone or a lie exists when the truth between two individuals who care about one another or just like have a bond in some way uh, a lie is a problem when the reality between you is completely changed and one person's living in one reality and another person's living in another one. And so like, you know, if you tell somebody they look nice and they, they don't or whatever, like that's not going to change the reality between you. 
But if you are living in a completely different world or your reality, you know, it's gone so far that like you, you're, yeah. you know, that you're separated now and that then, then you're, then it's a lie and you need to set it straight. But it isn't like a mo moral thing necessarily. It's sort of keeping track of your shared reality yeah. with people you care about. Yeah, but it's a slippery slope and then you get, you know, it gets out of hand and that's kind of what happens with people like, uh, what's her name? The scammer. Um, you, you can't tell the difference maybe between the lie and the truth or yeah. you, it's gone so far you don't know what to do. Yeah, and you're, then your nose grows. And everybody Exactly. Knows. That's right. <laughs> See, those things are so smart. <laughs> out for my special filter slash Instagram mask with a growing nose. When you lie. <laughs> We we did. We made an Instagram filter for this episode uh, on scams, and uh, it's going to make us a lot of money, so you should probably put yeah. it on when you want to admit that you lied to someone and, um, yeah, <laughs> post it on. Post it look like you're lying, you know? Maybe it's a good look. Yeah. You like Maybe you love it. Maybe it's cool to scam, you know, because you bought the membership card and you're now a scammer. The scammier, the better. Yeah. Yeah. I also been hearing about people crying in cars and sort of oh. talking about it publicly with, with kind of a bit of a, a laugh, you know, I was driving in the car and you know, just, and I started crying and then sort of they laugh about yeah. it, but, but it's yeah. such a familiar feeling of driving. I love it's to just, cry in cars. Yes. I've done it so many times and comedians in cars crying. Sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. Or just, yeah, just as everyone just and not even driving, you know, but stuck in traffic, all weeping in their respective lonesome they cars. They should. Traffic sucks. Cars suck. Everyone should cry. Um, I just had a nice do. thought of uh, what if what if the L.A. ghosts are just haunting cars? <laughs> haunting cars. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have a, I have a car. terrible. Oh, I have a terrible. Yeah, I guess that that I I I'm I laugh at your joke, <laughs> Jenny. Uh, you um, did. Oh, good. But I have two points to make about that that are technological that came to my attention. Um, well, this is less in the news um, in our super fast news cycle, but Uber unveiled this option to silence your driver. Oh, yeah. But I think only for the privileged um, person who can order the black, sort of just kind of the black elite service, and you can press the button to mute. Um, mute your driver, which I found really horrific. And yeah. that's kind of almost like driving with a ghost. And um, true. Yeah, it kind of just right. leaves you speechless. <laughs> literally. Mute. Um, mute, the, the, mute the convo. The capitalist, the capitalist news. And oh. then um, right after that, though, I found out in an, uh, another news that, or I think I got an email from Amazon that now I have the amazing option of giving someone the access to my car. I think if I have a Ford and then they can make the deliveries to my car, which has, which is so strange on so many levels because a, I think just the eerie idea of like leaving your car and then coming back to strange objects in it. Um, yeah. That ghosts. just grew their ghosts. <laughs> and also just, I feel like there's also like a sense of, you know, like the car being at home and you know, the homelessness. Right. That's, that's really a big problem here. Also um, that they can, yeah, they can GPS your car and figure out its location. 
Yeah, and um, just enter it, enter it like a stranger. I mean, it's just like a horror film, really. You know, and like is. someone hiding in a box and then jumping out. That's a great idea. Then, but they've muted you because you're an Uber driver, also, so you can't even scream. Yeah. yeah. What if you mute the driver and then you need to talk to the driver and then you're banging on the wall, but he's like, "Fuck you! I got muted. I'm not saving you." <laughs> really Sounds good. Sad. It sounds Anti- good. In- I want to do an anti-neoliberalism uh, horror film, Jordan Peele. I think that's what you should do next. That's my suggestion. Oh, yeah. We, we could reenact it. We can, that could be a good radio play, actually. Yeah. Okay. Stay tuned. I'll be Stay the tuned. muted. I'll be playing the muted Uber driver. <laughs> you can play everyone else. Uh, but grunts. Yeah, but grunt. Can you grunt or you're not allowed to do oh, that? I can even. grunt. I can grunt you for can grunt. $25 an hour. Um, uh, but see, I I don't really experience... I mean, sometimes in New York, the Uber and Lyft drivers talk to you, but not really. Um, here, they play the exact same pop music. Like the mm-hmm. same pop music, like the same channel. And there'll be different people that seem like they have different types of taste in music. But it's like they have to play cardi b and like huh. i mean I, cardi b's fine but like they have to play the same type of music and that that was like really characterizes the the new york thing i do do the drivers you have a car so maybe you don't experience this but i do, do you have kn- a car and i often yeah i listen to classical station or npr or podcast but, but do they talk to you annoyingly the um you know, sometimes they do, and if I'm not in the mood, I just, you know, I just really immerse myself in the oh. phone. Um, oh. But I've actually had such nice conversations with Uber Driver, and once I made a friend um, named Basil. He's an older man from, of course, he's, he was a former Soviet, like oh. me. Um, yeah. He had a boat and ended up going sailing with him once. He was really? uh, retired, and yeah, he was retired, and he was doing Uber just for... Um, extra just for conversation really he he just wanted to socialize this was a couple years ago nice i think before um before people realized oh i mean he wasn't really doing it for income he really was just doing it to be social and i i got to a point two times where we got to be such good friends where it felt like we needed to like share contacts yeah we we had like view i've had two really amazing conversations where i was like okay this person is my friend we are now yeah. and like they were like thank you so much this has been such a and i was and i didn't get to the point where i tried to trade info so then we could go on their each other's boats later but like i wish i had now kind of mm. at least once it is a beautiful thing to be in a car i mean i'm sure people get murdered and it's not very you know sometimes but yeah. i it's so beautiful to just kind of be in a car and you have a choice and you can you know talk or not and and sometimes something really fantastic can happen between yeah. two strangers you know and i love that context i think it's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite yeah, things i think there is really that was the connotation one of the connotations of sharing economy is that somehow that you would um that getting to know each other was somehow part of it you know that it was more i mean i think the, the great marketing tactic is when you make it about um you know identity i mean it's always about that's how you sell things you just you sell an idea of something so it was just an idea of connection you know that you connect with someone but i guess increasingly um it's just becoming about 
you know, muting. It's not really having the real experience, just like with Airbnb, you know, you would never want to yeah. just really come and stay at someone's, you know, and have their dirty underwear right. strewn about right. the kitchen. Right, well, the more, yeah, <laughs> you the just, more... The further it advances, the the truer it becomes, you know, that's really... The, the weirder it is. This conceits... Yeah, and yeah. the conceits of sharing or exchange or talking in the car, you know, just like sitting in someone else's car, you know, making a quick friend, you know, right. um, getting to know someone's design aesthetic, you know, just it just fades away and yeah, you just get it, it's the like a uniform. It, it's interesting. I mean, that is very much what I think neoliberalism is about. It kind of makes it sound really cozy and nice, but also the consumer has all of the power, and so maybe now. It's like neoliberalism getting really comfy or just like the we're getting used. It's like the second level of Airbnb and Lyft and those things mm -hmm. where it's like those are commodities that we can control. So, you know, we can we can take their power away, the workers power away. And those individual I mean, I don't know about Airbnb, but like Lyft and, and Uber, like they have so few rights. They have so they make so little money that like we can mm. take away their power even more and give more to the consumer. Um, yeah. Weird. It's getting weirder. I, I think mean, it's, I mean, it, yeah, I, I think because when I think we live in a moment where capitalism or, you know, capitalism is more, it's just more than an economic system. It really is just a, an ideology or almost like a religion where in which by default consumption as a way of, worshiping and in and consumer is is an identity mm -hmm. so it just it taps into all these kind of emotions of loyalty and belonging and morality and mm. but it's like the only way we we're able to express it is just through right. buying things or using things it's so yeah it's interesting like no one's really really makes it makes anything mm-hmm not encouraging you to make anything just buy it yeah that's true and there's a mysterious other who is making or doing and you're just purchasing it um and they're only known to you through the ad of yeah buy it yeah i don't know if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> well it's like once it goes through the cheesecloth of marketing then it's sort of cleaned yeah. up and it's it's beautiful and it's appropriate and and now you you know you're in capitalism and you're winning but like it's interesting because before it's the like consumer and the and the seller are these like messy humans who you know are you know organized entrepreneurs either way but they like still are the same but there's something about the i think about the neoliberal system where it's like you get involved in an app you get involved in a commodification you create an identity online, both of you, and then you engage in a mediated way, which is protecting you from the individuality of the person conceive, mm -hmm. you know, conceivably, but also you're, there's like a, a use of one another. Yeah. Um, ideally, it's, it's a not userly, userly yeah. state. Yeah. Ideally, it's not problematic, but it, uh, something has become wrong about it and I don't quite I don't know maybe we can pinpoint I what that is I felt like a, this notion of servitude I feel like is really um there's something about that about servants like anyone can this kind of need to be served and the mm -hmm. servant class you know and, every, yeah. and kind of and this the precarity that people are experiencing is 
is that oh actually that reminds me and um there's something i read about a russian company that um they have delivery drivers you know so it's it's sort of the equivalent of uber eats or something like that and they put out these ads in which they wanted to you know humanize the deliverers i guess and so Mm. it would be it would be an image a bright and bright green background there would be a portrait and then it would be it would say I am a teacher of Russian, you know, I am a father of five and I am a musician, mm-hmm. you know, so it would just be, so it would actually list the real job, you know, the real jobs or the jobs that they're trained to do or maybe do. Mm-hmm. Um, and delivery is something that they do, obviously, in addition, that they're sort of flexible, mm-hmm. extra buck um, situation. Yeah. But of course, it's horrific because, you know, a lot of, you know, most of these people really, that just they just had perfectly useful careers you know it's it sounded like you know you shouldn't if you're a teacher of music or russian you know it just seems sad that you should ferry food around right well that's exactly what happens when you talk to uber drivers because exactly it's always just as added you know they're like i'm a doctor in my country and i can't get the proper license here and then you get to talk to this amazing doctor who's a grandpa and you know it's like oh wow the world is really complicated or you know like right. i talked to and an people architect. would argue that oh look he made he made the choice to move here and isn't he lucky that he can you know yeah. drive an uber right but right of course he's not because the wages are you know they're not making a lot of money they're making ridiculous tiny amounts of money and yes the access point is fairly easy mm-hmm. but they're not their work is not valued it's just right and and their interaction with with the buyer is not protected or uh it's it's d their humanity is devalued in the interface with the buyer somehow Uh, something about how the internet is the lyft is the main interface it's like i'm communicating with lyft i'm not communicating with this individual i'm communicating with like seamless i am not communicating with the person who made or handed my handed me my food and it, and I am a super humanistic person yeah. and I try to connect with whoever's helping me in my life or I'm paying to do stuff but still I I feel that like glossiness of of yeah. the interchange the, the human is a v- evasive the evasive humanness so it's like it just it just keep it sort of keeps disappearing or taken from us um, yeah. Yeah. Or it's almost like we can't, things are invisible in this odd ways. We think we, yeah, we've gotten really good, I think, at this point in, in civilization to at glossing things over and like yes. obscuring them, you know, obscuring them right. with, with images, I guess. And, and yeah. again, just kind of performative, performative way that we live when we share everything. I would also media. say the, the way that money is moved around the internet and the fact that it's, it's, um, if, the, if there's not that I'm a big cash person, but, or like, I think cash is awesome, but there's something about how physically the money is just kind of put from one account into another account and it happens, you know, on the, the intangible. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the lack of intangible. It's true. Right. Yeah. The corporeal presence is, it's really rare, and a lot of people spend a lot of time yeah. on their own. You know, I mean, oh. like if in New York, you do see people, I guess, but you know, well, yeah, you could very well. Well, you do you know. all the time, but like, I, I mean, I said this one time, I think on the first podcast, it was like, you do so much that it's a problem. That like sometimes we do want to mute other people because we can't mute the thousand people that we just interacted with. Yeah. 
That's so true. it's like we're yeah. kind of we're kind of dealing with like our bandwidth being totally full. Um, but I was going to say one of my big things that I keep thinking about recently is surprise. And the fact that like being surprised by another person is a really helpful thing because it kind of makes you recalibrate your view of yourself and the other person and the moment. Mm. And it's like how we learn socially. And if we have to be open to surprise all the time. And I think maybe that that's one of the answers to this question of like what's happened to, you know, interchanges, capitalist interchanges with the internet, because you take, you, you make it easy. So you take out the opportunity, even for a mistake, you know, with somebody. So like you're calling up the delivery people and you're talking on the phone, you have to negotiate your order and they don't understand mm -hmm. you or you're right. you know, confused, yeah. but then you have this kind of funny moment and yeah. then, you know, or something happens and then, oh, and then you're kind of reminded of their humanity and your humanity and you kind of talk and you deal with it. You work together yeah. and they're That's because why we're all here. Really. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And like, because the computer now takes the middleman out of that and makes it so easy and quote unquote seamless, what they're the seamless, computer. Well, sorry, but what they're seamlessly, no, I agree. they're seamlessly, they're seeming out the opportunity for human intimacy and surprise and connection. And like, yeah. that's what you missing. just have these, or you have these bodiless voices of our multiple assistants, the female voices, mind you. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, mm -hmm. and I don't think we're really built for that. We're built for negotiating with people and systems and like, you know, we're yeah. not, so we're, we're confused. Built for rolling around in dirt. <laughs> where, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm you... from Neanderthal's land. <laughs> I'm from I Belarus, am... actually. Is that I'm what you the, do? Where we roll, <laughs> roll do in roll? dirt. We do enjoy nature um, because it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> it smells really nice. We Love enjoy it. taking trains. Um, yeah, we do see a lot of. I actually was just thinking about how. What does I miss it smell a, like? I miss a bit of nature. Um, for and there's a lot of forests. There's a lot of plants. There's a lot of bogs and Ooh. um trees. And so there's just, you know whenever there's a bog, there's a pleasant moist moist kind of um freshness in the air. I suppose you could say some really? people might. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I I feel mm. like you know. There's something about the wet leaves, so maybe even slightly decaying leaves, that has this really nice autumnal smell. I feel like that happens mm. in the forest. In the forest, there's this kind of perpetual um, early October smell, which I love. Mm. Lovely. Um, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. I think we all, yeah, we all need a moment to imagine the forest. When I was thinking about the stories about the scammer and also the lady who, um, I can't remember these people's names. I'm not sure why, but the, no, the no. scientist lady. Um, oh, oh, the, the blood, the blood woman, <laughs> the blood woman. She had a little, a little pill. Um, and she, yeah. And see Ron, see Ron. Oh my God. What is the yeah. name? I don't know. And anyway, so she, there's I don't there's something subversive about them in that they're trying to engage with the system of power and they use lies to get into the system of power. Yeah. They're also white women, I'll say. So mm -hmm. there's this from a positionality place, there's something troubling and 
sort of like they are disempowered by a system, but they're very close to power. And so they use lying as a way to just like jump in to that system. Skip ahead. Yeah. Yeah. To jump and, yeah. And it sucks. But for some reason, and I know, you know, white men lie all the time and they're not called out and we have a president who is a you white male lie, liar yeah of course of course but I'm this, talking- yeah, the social the social status it's true i mean yeah, yeah. yeah. i think it's like, also to pass when you're like a blonde skinny woman i imagine yeah but it's also kind of about how the the realm of total of like higher the the elite realm is so difficult to get into and so you know girded and and you know restrictive to most people and women and outsiders that that and maybe it's a scam in itself so like it makes me question the whole system of power in general and so the and i'm also skeptical of a woman getting called out for like a moral misdeed as if women have to not not lie yeah um and that we're held to this other standard that men are not necessarily held to and you know there's Stephen something Andrew, you know with paul manafort how he was sentenced and the judge yeah. said something of his you know great standing in the community and his upstanding actions but right. you know he's just a terrible terrible man that committed so many you know you would you know someone of of a lower stature would have been i think jailed for That's, many years of course no. i mean the the this yeah the 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 inequality between, you know, I mean, people of color and men of color that are jailed for very small crimes versus what, you know, white collar criminals or people like Paul Manafort are jailed for is fucking astounding. I mean, it's horrifying. So then when you get up to these like higher levels, yeah, who, in a way I'm like, okay, who cares about their scamming? But in another way, it's like a very deep window into the fact that those systems of power and how they're controlled are, you know, they're, the the outrage about it, it reminds me very much of like those those people wanting their power system to be seen as real and true and mm. and not full of lies. Right. I actually haven't seen a lot of outrage about um the Anna Sorokin Friana um, because I feel like if anything, whatever coverage I've come across is more of the admiring variety. So I haven't really looked into the throne i think with it's less so with elizabeth holmes um the blood woman <laughs> because i think it just also has to do with health so there's people i do think that people take a harsher stance whenever health is concerned even though we like live in this really terrible no self no care health care for anyone environment um yeah it's something about the hyper competitive um hyper elite environment that we live in it's like deeply pressurized no, we, two of us live in <laughs> that you and i that you and i live in well yeah we float around in really high pressure elite environments um i have a lot of turtlenecks um and i i do i have a lab too um i also yeah. I, do you have I, a lab i have a lot of shoes <laughs> Oh, you don't have a lab. I'm sorry. Some of them were really expensive, and I and I made them myself. Wow, you're a cobbler. Cool, high pressure cobbler. <laughs> no, I have I have a I have a terrible factory that employs small children. Oh, but, um, you're a baron. I'm a, you're a, I'm a baron. blood baron. I'm a blood shoe baron. <laughs> it stomps out. Cool. It just disrupts the shoe industry. 
Oh mm-hmm. man, that's so sorry. Yeah, our lives are. Oh wait, my nose grew. Hot. Ouch. Oh, mine did too. Okay. Right. Oh, we lied. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't want to have all that power. I guess that we just learned that about ourselves. I'm not. Speak so, for yourself. I mean, I like imagine myself in my lab and it sounded like really relaxing a little bit, you know, but I'm in my Were lab. You wearing a white coat? No, I was wearing mm-hmm. a black turtleneck and I had my oh hair my like gosh, that way. Of course, yeah. And I had that big old ring on that she wears and I had a deep voice. And um, yeah, it seemed cool. I don't know. Yeah. That sounds nice. And a little bit 1960s and a little bit medieval because I. What? Yeah. I, I'm always a little medieval to you. Um, wearing a black turtleneck, I didn't think it would be a hygienic kind of lab. So. <laughs> hey, why are you Sorry. questioning my science? <laughs> We're legit. I think it would be like more dust and scholarship, you know, more than hygiene. No, it's like fluorescent lights and we okay. scrub it every day. And I don't believe you, but okay. It's in La Jolla. It's right there. It's right, <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. I'll give you the address, but it's secret. I have to give it to you offline. <laughs> yeah. All right. all right. That's all I have to say about that. But I do I think hope that the millions of listeners enjoyed all that. Yeah, our our lies. What? Hey, hey, America! What are you lying about right now? <laughs> yeah, inventory your soul. Do it. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, one of the wonderful things about learning about uh psychology is that um there is so much forgiveness for human failing and human moral failing, and one of the yeah, one of the things I like about it is that you look at people's motivations and the needs that they're trying to meet, and they do some bad stuff, but it's usually in the service of like trying to find connection or, you know, mm-hmm. being troubled and, and being lost because they are trying so hard to find connection. So that's been really nice, actually, in the last year to look back and forgive mm-hmm. everyone, you know, and to calm my own like righteous judgment of individuals when they do bad stuff, you know, um, and to kind of mm. forgive myself and people in my lives and just like see their motives as making sense to them and being truly deeply meaningful to them as individuals, you know? Um, yeah, oh I remember walking in the subway it's and just, there's like, hope. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, and it's sort of like, it's none of your business. It's like, you're looking and looking at everyone in the subway. I remember and thinking about everyone having their own systems where they're just trying to find connection and, and find meaning for themselves. It, it was really, it was kind of beautiful. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, that person's an asshole and this person's too loud and this person's a liar. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Is I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, you're in yeah. a car and that's the difference. <laughs> well, yes. We I wish the, we... the listeners well as they travel in their meaning, yeah. meaningful lives. Be realistic. Be realistic about where you are in life, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't try to get above your station. If you don't have <laughs> a lot of blood, <laughs> real blood, no fake blood, out for blood, we are. <laughs> um, that was that was great fun to talk about blood and power struggles and don't get membership card. Disregard what I said earlier. Yeah, and uh, we'll see you don't, next and, week. Yeah, don't oh. scam each other anymore. Stop it. Unless you really want to. 
if you have to do it, if you really feel like it's meaningful, I, you know, I condone it, but just avoid it. Yeah. Don't tell Jenny if you did. <laughs> yeah. Keep it for me. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hear you. You'll hear it from us next week. You'll hear it from us soon. <laughs> <laughs> you will.